Okay, good afternoon everyone. This is Quentin Gilpis, North Carolina Baseball Museum, and this is episode two of our podcast. And today we're uh, privileged to have uh, Mike Bell, who's the general manager of the Wilson Tobs here in Wilson, North Carolina. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem at all. I um, have a few. Uh, Mike's been uh, helped us out uh, in the past with the North Carolina Baseball Museum, and, and also we were going to interview him on some questions uh, about the Wilson Tops as well. So I'll go ahead and get started. Um, Mike, could you give us a season recap of the Wilson Tops this past season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess before we get into it, for people that don't understand or don't know who we are, uh, Wilson Tops stands for tobacconist because Wilson's a big tobacco farming country for a while. Um, and the perfect way to explain this is we are a college wood bat summer league that recruits some of the best to- college athletes in the nation but we function like minor league baseball. So we do fireworks shows. We're allowed to sell beer out here. We do community events and fundraisings. We do all that fun stuff, but with college athletes to put them in that next stage feeling. Uh, but just the recap of the, the season, um, it's great to have another year of history in the books. The, the team's been around since 1908. The stadium's been here since 1938. And even the museum's been around. So there's a lot of history here. We had another high attendance season, averaging over 1,000 people a game uh, during the summertime, which is great considering all the entertainment venues that are, that are out here. Um, we're very involved with the community. We Almost every single game we had out here had some sort of give back and community event, and that's what we're really trying to push is we're trying to help out the community through baseball, and we really stro- strive to do that every single time, and, and we really did. Uh, we were the North Division champions. We went to the playoffs and beat our rival Peninsula Pilots. We went to the semifinals, um, and unfortunately we're one game away from the championship, losing to the team that won the championship, the Moorhead City Marlins. So uh, we had a new coach, Brian Hill, who is one of the best coaches record-wise in CPL history. He sent a lot of guys to the pros. Um, he has a great record. He's won this league before, and we've already got him back again for next year. So that's that's another thing to look forward to. Um, makes you hungry to, to for next year to get into and actually win the championship. But uh, getting Brian back last year or two years ago, we had a kind of a tough season, and uh, we only had one returner. And it kind of shows you for this year, we've got seven returners coming back to kind of say how well the season went how well the guys clicked and how much they liked the community events. They liked the team. They liked the people coming out. The fans were great. Um, J.T. Stone, Shamoy Christopher, Tyler Grower, Joshua Arnold, Nate Fiala, Jack Duffy, and Bretton Doyle were all potential all-stars that are all going to be returning, and some of them are even local. Um, that pretty much wraps up a lot of the season that we had. Like I said, it was a great community season. We, we really dove into – all our promotions, we had a great record, fans were loving it and involved. We didn't really hear that many complaints, which usually when you come out to a baseball game, there's complaints here and there, but there really wasn't, so I was surprised. That's great. That's great. It sounds like you all had a really uh, successful season, and with the community service involvement, um, I know Wilson really appreciated that. Um, it's a really attribute to you, to you guys with the tops and staying involved, so we really appreciate that. Um, can we ask you some questions about some of the star tops, um, Wilson Tops that are from perhaps locally from North Carolina, and um, further and after that, perhaps some of the former Tops that are now in Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball today. Yeah, so when people think that the Coastal Plain League is the league that we play in, and it's one of the top college summer leagues in the nation, and when you think about that, you can recruit from all over. So our coaching staff, they'll recruit. We have kids from Texas, kids from California, kids from New York and Pennsylvania, and kids locally. So. You know, you're trying to get the best players, but at the same time, 
people seem to forget and some coaches in this league seem to forget that North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, they, they get some good ball players. you got some good local talent around here in the Bible Belt, and we always try to grab a couple good talents from around this area, especially with NC State and ECU and Campbell and those schools right around the corner. Um, last year, some of the stars that were from North Carolina on our team, first was our pitcher of the year, which was Chris Kernan. He was from NC Central. He was a junior. Um, through about 90 to 92 miles an hour, had a 2.05, I think, ERA through the whole season. Kind of got snubbed in the All-Stars. I was pretty upset about that. Um, and his teammate, Austin Vernon, throws about 93-94. He was a freshman at NC Central, so Central sent down two guys that could really throw it, and they both were 6'4 plus, 230-some pound boys. Uh, David Harrison, big lefty uh, from NC State, is another local kid from this area. Uh, he was State Sunday starter, and they transitioned him into a relief pitcher. He had a really great season for us as well. He's on our starting rotation. Cody Smith from Chowan, which is only about an hour and a half down the road in uh, Murfreesboro. Uh, his, our head coach Brian Hill is also from there, so Cody was their number one guy. He brought over one of the best relief pitchers in the league. Colby Warren from Barton, right next door to us right here, had a great season with Barton, very powerful right-handed hitter. He came over in his first at-bat as a top. He hit one out of the ballpark, so you love seeing that. Uh, Dylan Ward, one of the better pitchers from Barton. Uh, during the season, not only did he pitch well, but he also had a kid, so that was another pretty uh, interesting factoid that he brought to the ballpark. Uh, and then J.T. Stone from Mount Olive, who's one of our returners coming back, is a big, powerful left-handed bat, actually sat out the whole season at Mount Olive due to an injury uh, and came here, played for us, and didn't even miss a beat. So that's kind of the local kids that we had, and that's about, you know, we think about 25% of the team is from North Carolina because it's such a good state to have. But when you asked about former Tobs in the pros, um, I would probably have to say first off is Jack McKeon. Uh, was a coach in this league, played in this league, played minor league in this league when coastal playing used to be minor league ball and coached in the, the MLB. So that's that's one big name that's out here. Cal Ripken Sr. actually actually paid for the Tobs. He didn't get as much recognition as Junior, but he played it as well. And then obviously the biggest name um, is Justin Verlander. Played here in I think 2005. It was very well. It didn't didn't do spectacular, but they saw what he could have and you know now he's winning World Series and he's marrying Kate Upton and you know he was a top, and we get to grab onto that, which is great. So that's some of the former boys in the the pro in the pros that we saw, and that's great. And really, just to add upon what you were mentioning about so much talent from North Carolina, and and that's one thing we we see a lot of folks that come in the museum. They're just so surprised how much talent and how much folks um, with North Carolina. It, they're really, I believe, one of the top states in, in talent in North Carolina, and. Um, so many colleges have so much success here within the state, so that's that's great to see that, especially right here in Wilson, um, having them all at one time um, with so much talent. So that's that's great. Uh, how about some with the you're talking about going back to you talking about the Coastal Plain League that Wilson Tobs are uh, a member of? How many are there other teams within the league that are based in North Carolina? 
Yeah, there, there's multiple. This league ranges from Hampton, Virginia, which is a Peninsula Pilots, and Martinsville, Virginia, which is Martinsville Mustangs, all the way down to the Savannah Banana and the Macon Bacon down in Georgia. So that there's 14 teams to 16 teams now in this league. And in North Carolina, like, you know, kind of going back to what you asked about professional ball players, this league is no joke. I mean, you got uh, six or seven guys on each team that get drafted. So right now you're, you're talking about three digits worth of guys in minor league and professional ball at this moment coming into this league so there's a lot of talent um but yeah uh when you talk about um sorry i went off on a tandem there what, what oh, was fine. so with the cpl league so really the the talent you have so really with that oh, league, other teams yeah other, other teams, teams in with, within the, which i hate to hate to focus too much but just to to see some um again looking at the league and how many folks from north carolina so it shows that availability for the talent in north carolina really being showcased within the league yeah, um, let me grab the sheet and I'll tell you exactly who's in this league so I don't miss anybody and somebody feels left out. Most of the teams are from North Carolina. That kind of shows another pinpoint of how well North Carolina has ball players. Uh, you've got the Edenton Steamers, which is Edenton, North Carolina, down by the coast. Um, you got here with the Tobs. You've got um, Fayetteville Swamp Dogs in Fayetteville, which are also getting a minor league team. And our Coastal Plain team that's in Fayetteville is not going anywhere. They're still going to stay there. Uh, Holly Springs Salamanders in Holly Springs by Raleigh. Moorhead City Marlins and the Wilmington Sharks down by the coast as well. Um, and then you've got kind of north towards the west at Asheboro and Forest City and Gastonia and in High Point, which our team, High Point Thomasville, is our sister team that our ownership owns as well. So more than half of the league is in North Carolina. And then you've got some other ones in Virginia and some in Georgia, and I think their game plan is to transition more teams actually in North Carolina and in Georgia as the years go by. This league started with like six or seven teams and now there's, if you look at it, there's 16 teams now. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it really has a lot to say with uh, the success they've had with um, attendance and um, talent and uh, that's, it's great to hear with North Carolina. You're seeing really coming grassroots at a high school and college um, so much opportunity in the state, and it really shows off, uh, especially in the museum where you see a lot of folks there from all type, um, big cities from all the way from Charlotte all the way to some of your smaller towns, um, as well as Irwin, North Carolina. So it really, it really gives them a lot of opportunity uh, in the state. So I'm sure that, that really helps them out, and for us, um, we get to sit back and enjoy it and see these folks before they make that next level. So that, that's great to hear. Um, so here, obviously, right here at the North Carolina Baseball Museum, we're located right beside Historic Fleming Stadium here in Wilson, North Carolina. And I um, wanted to talk about here on Fleming Stadium, I hear you have some baseball clinics and some other tournaments here in Fleming Stadium during the off season. Could you touch into those, uh, some of those tournaments, and, and who comes by and who, who would visit us? Yeah, um, about five or six years ago, you had, you know, or actually more than almost eight years ago. I've been here eight years now. Holy crap. Um, the old ownership is the Turner's family. It was more focused on Tob's summer baseball. And that's what a lot of teams in this league did. And the older baseball is they had summer baseball or they had major league or minor league. And that's what they did. And then football would come in and tear up the field and play on the baseball fields. We have turned this Fleming Stadium into a year-round venue, which it's, it's been a long time coming for that to happen. So you've got your top summer baseball now, which that was about it in the past. But now you've got summer youth camps. You've got Legion Ball out here. You've got a high school fall league that we run uh, with seven teams from Raleigh to 
to Greenville and in between Monday through Thursday. You've got a prospect camps, so colleges can come out and see these kids multiple days. Uh, we've got travel ball tournaments with Top Gun and Dynamic and Impact Baseball on the weekends in the fall and in the spring. Barton comes out here, plays fall games, a local college. Um, Barton, uh, we also have got our Division II College Classic, which we have eight teams that come down here and in two weeks play 24 games on our field so they can escape the cold and play in North Carolina where the weather's a little bit better. Um, you've also got multiple high school classics from the surrounding high schools from around you know the coast area. You've got Greenfield and Wake County Homeschool, the, home, the, the high school teams from around here coming out here playing on a, a historic field like that, which is great. Uh, you've got the City's Easter Tournament. You've got events and concerts and softball games. Um, and, and to think about everything that I listed there, from middle of November until the end of February, there's nothing. So that's all the stuff outside of that time period. So once you start from March 1st all the way until November 1st, it is almost every day, every other day, there's something going out here, baseball or fun related at the ballpark. That's amazing. And it's great to see. Um, now, some folks were interested in getting involved in some of those camps or to come out. How could they follow or, or reach you? Yeah, um, WilsonTobs.com, that's W-I-L-S-O-N-T-O-1-B, as in boy, S, dot com. You can find everything that we do is on our news feed. Our, our website is very easily accessible. If you've got social media on Twitter, it's at WilsonTobs. On Facebook, it's Wilson Tobbs Baseball Club. And on Instagram, it's at Wilson Tobbs. So you can find us anywhere. We're even working on a Snapchat right now. So Perfect. Well, that's great. And I know a lot of folks might be interested to, to reach out, not only to get involved in perhaps some of those camps and get more information, but may also just want to come by the ballpark near Fleming Stadium to, to catch, catch some of these games. Um, perhaps uh, right after or before the game, they could stop by the museum and, and get a uh, one-two punch here. Um, so that's that's great. That is really great. Um, let me ask you a question about how the Wilson Thomas their relationship with the North Carolina Baseball Museum. Absolutely. Well, first, the first thing you think about when you think of Taz baseball in the museum is the history. The fact that our team and the stadium has been around so long and the fact that we are honored to have something so historic like the North Carolina Baseball Museum out here right next door. I mean, I'm sitting here at my desk with you and I'm seeing the museum from my desk, which is amazing, all the history that's in there. Um, the relationship we have is very, very strong. We've got board members that sit on the museum board to talk about events. Anytime you guys aren't here, because I think you're all, you're Thursday through Sunday is the hours that you Correct. guys are open to see it. But we're here Monday through Friday from 10 to 4. And if anybody wants to see the museum, we'll open up the doors. We'll let them in so at all times somebody can come check it out. Uh, you guys have multiple events with the museum between the Hot Stove Banquet and the golf tournament. And is it the stand-up comedy or is it the roast that you roast, guys put roast. on as well? And like I said, we have board members and we use our social media and we use our marketing outlets through Wilson Tobbs to help out the museum in their events to make it bigger, to get more people on board, to get you know pro ball players and people that have a big name attached to them out here at the Hot Stove Banquet, out here at um, at the uh, other events that you have. But you know we, we can't take any time you guys need help. It's great, but you have board members with, with Kent and, and everybody else that sits on there that are so well connected that gets so many famous people and cool ba people out here and, and cool and elderly groups that come in and then walk through the museum. It's just it's a it's you, take a step back in time. I'm not that old. I don't know if I can even say that since I'm only about 27, 28 years old, but you really just feel old school baseball when you walk through this ballpark into the museum and check out everything that 
you do. And when you sit down in these events like the Hot Stove Banquet, and you've got you've got people that played ball in 1930, 1940, coming back and sitting at this banquet, and you had Chris Hatcher with the A's, one of the starting pitchers, come back and talk to these kids. And the Greenville Little League World Series team, that's the type of names that you see come to these events out here that are attached to the North Carolina Baseball Museum which is, which you probably said 150 times, the only state to have its own baseball museum. So, yeah, that, that's great. And, and you're right. A lot of folks will, will see folks come in, and you really never know what's going to catch your eye. We had a group, a church group come recently, and they were, um, we had some folks that were related to some of the folks from Lumberton, Tommy Green with the Phillies who threw a no-hitter, um, and Dwight Lowry, who was a coach actually, um, in Fayetteville when they were a, a minor league team uh, years ago and also was with the Detroit Tigers. So it is, it is uh, we're really fortunate with that with a lot of folks that have donated and the folks that, that keep that up on a day-to-day basis. And we, you know, we always appreciate you allowing folks to come in, even if, um, you know, those hours we not, may not be here, the days that we're not open to, to give that opportunity to folks um, from all over the state. So that, that really means a lot to us, and we really appreciate that. Um, well, on a personal note, could you uh, mention maybe one or two pieces of memorabilia that really st- stick out to you as a baseball fan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, before I mention the memorabilia, it, something I do want to bring up about how much memorabilia is in that museum is every door, every cupboard, every drawer that's in there is full of stuff that hasn't been able to be put out, but you guys are in the process of working on expanding the museum. This is not no hole in the wall. This is not something where you walk in, take 30 steps in a circle and see, you know, Dr. Chase's Doctor Museum and that's it and you walk out. I mean, this is two largely, you know, large rooms with a lot of memorabilia, a lot of history to it, that things that you cannot replace. Um, so for me personally, I like the Ted Williams case. The only reason I like Ted Williams case is because Ted Williams didn't like the fans and just played baseball to play baseball. And you really there's not much in it. You look at all these other Hall of Fame cases from people that played in the North Carolinas that, that were born and raised here that went to the pros and went to the Hall of Fame, and you see all the stuff in there, 20, 30 artifacts. Then you see the Ted Williams thing, and you got to cut out pieces of newspaper to put it in there because his statement was well, if he could play baseball again, he'd play it without the fans. So it really kind of – and you can see some of his stuff, which – Ted Williams signed stuff is rare, and you guys have that in there, which really shows how much history and how much stuff you actually have. So that's one of my favorite. The other one is the Dur- uh, the Bull Durham photo. It's just a picture of uh, the movie Bull Durham's, uh, pretty much the front, of, the front of what you see on the movie. And the reason I like it so much is I didn't know, but when I started working here, I asked about that picture, and they said that the rainout scene in Bull Durham was this stadium right next to the museum. Fleming Stadium was the rainout scene when they flooded the whole field, and I thought that was crazy. I think that was just not even player-related. That was just, you know, history and movie-related. And Elvis actually came out here and played a concert. I didn't know that as well. That's amazing. You just, you never know. There's so much, you talk about places that could talk, if Fleming Stadium could talk, there's so much um, that's been done here over the years. Um, Can you speak a little bit about um, when the the stadium was was built or when did it... yeah, um, I think at this point how old it is, if it could talk, it'd be pretty grumpy. Right. But, uh, you know, this day is 1938 is when it was established and when it was built. So it, it's closing in on this year was 80. Wow. Right? That's 938 plus 89. Yeah, that's right. That's so that's that's 80. So, you know, it, it's still in, in pretty decent shape. The structure that they built is that old school square iron rod type of structure. 
And um, it's just been around forever. It's seen college baseball, high school baseball, travel baseball. It's seen minor league baseball. It's even seen professional baseball. It's even seen Negro League baseball out here. It's been on and off, left and right, all over the place. And it's been used for so many different purposes and concerts. And, you know, it's just been run into the ground with what you would think. But you come out here and you see it's in the middle of a neighborhood that's been around just as long and you see the history and you see the front plaza and the renovations that's been done. You still have that history feel and you say, wow, it's in great shape for being 80 years old. Right. It really has. And it really means a lot for a stadium, especially in a community to be there so long. Uh, you, you think about folks who live in Chicago and, and Boston about um, they kind of grew up around the stadium and they bring their kids here and grandkids there. So um, it really creates a lot of, a lot of interest and people grow up with that. So something that really uh, Wilson really, I'm sure keeps uh, near and dear to their heart. Yeah, and you don't you don't see that very often because when a stadium reaches past its years, an older stadium, you can't just renovate it or fix a section or fix what's broken on it because it's all that one massive iron old school structure so that's why you have to tear it all to the ground and rebuild it and then that's when all the animosity and everything comes up when people start saying no don't tear it down just fix it and fix it this well you got to tear it down because that's the way they did it back in the day you don't have the brick sections where you can tear something up and and bring it up but it's still standing it's still kicking and you know i like looking at it so that's great (laughs) that is great well, Mike, we appreciate your time with the Wilson Tobbs, and thank you so much for the, for the information there about um, the CPL League as well. And um, um, lo- uh, we really appreciate your partnership with North Carolina Baseball Museum and what you do. To you and your team really bring bring a lot of exposure to us. So, so that way, for that, we really appreciate it, and your support of the museum, we appreciate that as well. And we also want to remind the others that we are found. We are also on the website as well, NorthCarolinaBaseballMuseum.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook as well, so you can follow us for the Hot Stove Banquet. We'll have dates coming over, uh, coming out about uh, that will occur around mid-January, so that'll come out uh, around December, November, December timeframe. So please keep an eye out for us, and again, please follow follow the Wilson Tops as, to, as they have different events coming through. And Mike, again, we appreciate it. Absolutely, thanks All for right. having me. All right, and that's it. And this is uh, the end of episode two of North Carolina Baseball Museum podcast, and. Um, Stay tuned and, and subscribe us if you find us on iTunes. You can subscribe us, if you will, and you'll be in touch as we have uh, new episodes coming out. And we'll have future episodes with folks in, in related North Carolina baseball coaches and players and, and folks that may be in the museum themselves. So, um, again, we appreciate your time and have a great day.